your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will be discussing the Avalanche 8 nothing thumping of the St. Louis Blues since that game was on Friday. Haven't had a chance to talk about it, so we will talk about that. Uh, we will talk about some news going on with the Avalanche on the defensive side. A couple guys returning. What does that mean? And we, even though it's only two games on Mondays, we always give out our three stars of the week. But we can still do that, so we will. And uh, yeah, good, good, uh, good start to the week. And we will also look forward to the uh, next two games that the Avalanche have against the Kings. We'll do that tomorrow. Sarah, who runs Locked On Kings, uh, will have me on. So we'll kind of do like a crossover episode with her to kind of prep for those Los Angeles Kings games. Before we get to any of that, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets. On Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, just search for Lockdown Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right, so let's talk about this uh, 8 to nothing Avalanche thumping of the St. Louis Blues. And you hate to say it this early, considering it's only game two. <clears throat> but this was almost kind of like a, a must-win game for the Avalanche. And the reason you kind of say that is because... This is a shortened season. You don't want to get off to a, a slow start. And we've talked about this in the past. You know, a, a slow start in this division maybe isn't the end of the world. But when you're the Avalanche, when, when you're when you're that team, you don't want any questions and you don't want any chirping from the outside within the media, within the fan bases of can this team really pull this off? Are they really Stanley Cup contender? We are nowhere near that. Don't get me wrong. But the way that they played in game one you would think that they would have come out with a little bit more effort. And it was shocking to me that they didn't. I mean, you you know you have a great team. You know you want to get that first win of the season. And things didn't look good. And things didn't look good on either side. And, I, and I've gone on record saying that. Uh, the, the Blues fan base wasn't too fond of me saying that, but... I don't. I didn't think any team looked particularly good in that game. Coming out now in this one, and I don't know if it was the Avalanche ticked off about the way that they played in Game One. I don't know if this is just the the, the typical game that we will get and can get from the Avalanche. I don't know if it was Bednar just sticking a foot up there. You know what? I, maybe it was a collection of everything. But this team came out ready to go. And even in the first period when no goals were scored, nothing happened in in the first in terms of scoring, they looked better. And you didn't want to give up that first goal because then, you know, you got St. Louis probably going to clamp down on defense again. And first period, nothing really happened. And then second period is when things got going and the floodgates opened for two straight periods. Blues had to relieve Bennington. But it didn't matter, um, you know. Just going through the stats: thirty-eight to twenty-one in favor of the Avalanche for shots on goal, uh, even in hits. 
Avalanche had 10 block shots, okay? But the thing that is absolutely glaring, Avalanche 5 out of 7 on power plays. It was 6 out of 7, and they took one away from, I think it was Burakovsky. I think his, uh, his let's see, his first goal, I believe, 3, 4, 5. There was, or maybe it was Donskoy. Maybe it was the Donskoy goal. Uh, where they initially it was a power play goal, but they took it away. Doesn't matter. Five out of seven, six out of seven. That's incredible, and that's what this team is capable of. Everything you saw in that game, get used to it, because if the Avalanche can play like that and do it against a good St. Louis team, who, again, like I, I don't think played all that well in the first game. The Avs gifted them so much in the first game, and after the first period, the Blues in the first game, had, I think, 18 shots on goal in the first period of the first game. And I think after that, well, they had 21 shots on goal in this game total. And then in the the first game for the second and, and third period, I think they only totaled 13 or something like that. I can look it up really quickly. But it's my point. Like, And I know shots on goal, it doesn't tell the whole story. But, um, where's the first one here? Here we go. I, I know shots on goal doesn't tell the whole story, but, you know, the, the St. Louis, they, they took advantage. Good. Good for them. They took advantage of uh, some some dumb avalanche mistakes in the first game. But if the avalanche simply played a little bit better, that game is closer and the avalanche can pull that one out. Uh, all right. So here you go. 17 shots on goal in game one, period one. And then they had six in the second period, nine in the third period. So they had 15 shots on goal total, and then another 21 in this one. So, yeah, they're off to, I mean, they're one and one, they, they, so they, they got to win. Good job. But um, I, I think if the Avalanche are playing like this, it does not matter what division they're in, who is, is going up against them. Th- this was a, a clinic. Everything they did... Seem to turn to gold. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you any glaring issues that the Avalanche had for this game in particular. Um, going through the stats, McKinnon with three points on uh, one goal and two assists. Uh, Kadri had two points with one and one. Gabe Landeskog, two goals, uh, netting his 200th career goal. Burakovsky. Uh, that, that's that's my boy for this year. If you've been listening to the show, he is the one that I've been saying watch out for. And he uh, continues a, a good start, another goal and, and an assist. So two for him, two for Rantanen, a goal and assist, two for Taves. And Taves had the last goal of the game, the uh, you know the final and eighth goal of the game. So one and one for him. Kale McCarr, three assists. Sam Gerrard, two assists. It, it's ju- It was just... Let's see, the only defenders that did not score were Timmons and Cole. Uh, but I thought Timmons played a much better game. Cole, I didn't see him too much. He didn't really stand out, but he's not that type of player. Um, but I thought, you know, Nathan McKinnon was was typical. Kadri really played well. Landis Gog played exceptional. I'm, I keep going back to Burakovsky, but I, I, I really like... Uh, how he is he is shaping up for this year. Um, so you got one, two, I think you got eight guys total that had multiple point nights. They're, they're tough to stop. 
They're tough to stop. And and when and when they lose a game, I think most of the time it's because they beat themselves. I, I don't think St. Louis really beat them where you can hang the, the hat on like St. Louis beating them in game one. The Avalanche really beat themselves in that game. And fine. St. Louis took advantage of it and good for them. And, and they got a win and now their records are the same. But what what team is this? What team is the Avalanche? Are, are they a team that this is the norm? Or were they ticked off because of the way that they played? And like we said, after that first game, maybe that was a good thing. And if that's the way, if that's what happened when they started like that and played like junk, and that lit the fire after one game, where they know like, look guys, we, we can't rest. <laughs> this is a short season. We got to get off to a hard, uh, fast start. And this is what we get. Okay. I I think this is more of this is how this team is built rather than, you know, they, they had to put up a good game. They know they had to put up a good game. But I think no matter how game one went, uh, once this team gets going, maybe, and maybe that's all it took is one game to get going. And this is kind of like the finished product, so to speak. Uh, watch out. Watch out. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> it was just... It didn't matter what St. Louis was doing. The Avalanche were one step quicker, not even maybe two steps quicker. And St. Louis had nothing, had nothing. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. So we will um, take a quick little break. And there is some news on the defensive side for the Avalanche. So we'll get to that. But we're going to hear from our people over at betonline.ag first. I don't always bet on my team, and I didn't this time around. But when I do bet on hockey, it's it's usually the over-under. Uh, so I think, and most of the time, the over-under in hockey is like five and a half or six. Um, I don't know what, I'm assuming it was that for this game. But uh, I hope everybody took the over if you are a, a betting man or woman for the avalanche. Uh, you won some some cash if you took the over in this last game. But anyway, uh, sign up for your free account over at betonline.ag. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on. And when you do your first deposit, you get 50% extra in your account. So sign up for a free account, throw 100 bucks in, you got 150. Throw 50 bucks in, you got 75. Throw $1,000 in, you got 1,500. So whatever you put in, Bet online will give you a 50% welcome bonus with that promo code locked on. And we are inching closer and closer to the Super Bowl. I'm sure a lot of people are putting money down on these playoff games. As I am recording this right now, the, the Saints and the Buccaneers are playing. And I want to check the score because I I knew Tampa was up and they still are with two minutes left as I'm recording this. They're up by 10. So it seems like Tampa is going to go on for that um but so we're inching closer to the super bowl and prop bets if you love prop bets bet online is the, the place to go so check them out betonline.ag you get that free account and enter that promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action go to betonline.ag your sports book experts all right we will be right back all right, so one thing that a lot of Avalanche fans know is they are loaded on the defensive side. 
And with Eric Johnson out, or he was out, uh, with coronavirus-related symptoms and issues, he actually had it. Um, He is back, and Bowen Byram is off of his seven-day quarantine after coming from the World Juniors. So now the Avalanche are at that point we were all kind of waiting for, and how are they going to manage this? Well, right now, they said Connor Timmons and Bo Byram are going to the taxi squad. That's the initial report that I heard, but I don't think that's 100% accurate because now we're hearing that Eric Johnson might not play this next game against Los Angeles just to get him back up to speed and in game shape and uh, you know, kind of just getting his timing down as best that they can in practice. So it might be Timmons for another game. Bo Byram, on the other hand, is going right to the taxi squad. And I don't know how the Avalanche are going to navigate this. It just might... I think we just might have to get comfortable with the fact that, you know, th- this this is not going to be the year that Byram is going to take the league by storm. We all want that. We all want the Kale McCarr coming to the Avalanche and kind of just, you know, being a, a goal on his first shift. And I just, we all want that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Byron is going to play. Don't get me wrong. He is going to play, whether it's someone that gets injured, hopefully that does not happen, or just somebody needs a break. Uh, that's what that taxi squad is there for. So he is you know, probably the ninth, he's probably the last guy in the depth chart right now. And that's where he belongs right now. He hasn't proven anything. He will. Uh, But right now it's uh, Timmons is in place and Eric Johnson, he'll be ready to go maybe in another game or two, but they're taking this one game at a time. And I think you're going to be seeing this throughout the entire season. How are teams going to juggle bringing guys up in this taxi squad, who do who do you put on that taxi squad, which the Avalanche came out with who it is, and is it, and I'm going to look that up, but you have to kind of toe that line between having prospects that you want to get some play and, and some ice time and mix it up with the big boys and kind of those veteran guys that you know you can bring in when you have to to help the team out because you don't know what you're getting with some of the prospects. You don't know what you're getting with Bo Byram. You, you know you're getting a good guy, but he hasn't played in the NHL yet. might take him a couple games to get acclimated and get used to the speed, and that's okay. But when you have this shortened season, every game is of the utmost importance. So how are they going to navigate this, especially on the defensive side? They have so many. They are so deep at defense, and – you, you know Eric Johnson is probably going to be the guy. When he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. That'll bring Timmons down to the taxi team. But what do you do? If Timmons and Byram are both there and you need to bring one of them up, do you bring Byram up just to give him some, some time and you, and you jump him over Timmons? Unless you're having that conversation with Timmons, like he's not going to feel good about that. So, but... I'm sure that they will have the conversation is is the point. 
because they, everybody has to kind of be on the same page of how this season is going to be navigated, and that's going to be one of them. Guys are going to jump other guys to get up just to get a game in because you can't just keep practicing. You need live action games, and if Byram is just sitting there for a couple of weeks and hasn't had any live hits or game speed, NHL speed uh, type of plays, like they're going to have to throw him into a game, and I think Timmons and everybody else is going to have to be understanding of that. Okay, so to make room for Byron Johnson and or Timmons, Shane Bowers and Logan O'Connor got sent back down to the Colorado Eagles. And okay, you know, I think, you know, the thinking behind that is they're they're going to be pushed down on that taxi squad and might not see a lot of time, so let them play you know, some some good games in the AHL when that starts in a couple weeks. So it's it's just, you know, Every team is going through this. Every team is going through how to, you know, put players up on this squad, who to bring down. It it's uh, it's a puzzle. It's a big jigsaw puzzle, and uh, it's going to be something that teams are going to be dealing with all season long. But the the bottom line here is Bo Byram is is got an Avalanche sweater on, and we are going to see him. I don't think we're you know he's not going to be the A one guy. He's not going to jump in and and you know be on the line with Kale McCarr right away. Uh, but he's going to play. And I think people are excited just to the fact that, you know, this guy that everybody has been talking about in avalanche circles is, is finally here with the team and probably for good. Because like we've been saying, after this season over is over, things get interesting for the avalanche. And we were all kind of like, oh my God, why did they take another defender this year? Well, I think there's reasons for that. And... You know, that's for shows in the future, but um, it's a good problem to have. And I think the Avalanche want to see what they got in these young guys. And, and, and the big thing is Eric Johnson. How do they handle Eric Johnson? And they, they want to see how he is going to perform this year because he's another year older. And that's a big number that he carries in the cap. So uh, I'm excited for, for both of these guys. I think everybody's excited for Eric Johnson to come back because everybody loves Eric Johnson. And I think everybody's excited for Bo Byron because we want to see what we got in another youth defender that everybody thinks is just, you know, the next generation of defenders. So um, what everything I was talking about in the first segment about the Avalanche, just this is the Avalanche team and what they did winning eight to nothing. Well, more help is on the way. Not that we need it, but we're getting it. So uh, team, teams are probably very afraid right now of what the Avalanche have in their back pocket. They're good enough as they are right now, um, and, and their full roster isn't even there yet, but it's on the way. So, all right, we are going to take one more break and then talk about our three stars of the week. But before we do that, we're going to hear from Built Bar. And I'm telling you guys, I got some uh, Built Bars in the mail the other day. And the flavors are just off of the charts. I, I cannot find a, a flavor that I don't like. Even flavors that I typically don't go for, like toffee. I'm not a big toffee guy. I'm a peanut butter guy. And they have plenty of peanut butter flavors. But I'm not a toffee guy. And I even tried that one and fell in love with it. So we are in the new year. If you are trying to get healthy, add Built Bar to your diet plan. It's great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. 
If you're on the keto diet, they're great for that. Flavor profile for an, a typical bar is 19 grams of protein, either 180 or 130 calories per bar, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Very, very good for you and healthy. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKEDON. 20% comes off of your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, we'll be right back and then get to our three stars of the week. One last bit of business to get to, and every Monday we do our three stars of last week. And last year, how we did it was three stars of the week, not named Nathan because we could probably just give it to Nathan McKinnon each and every week. And we will talk about Nathan McKinnon. Oh my God, probably more times than anybody cares to, because when you have a player of his caliber, you talk about him a lot. So kind of to give other guys in the team some notoriety, I usually do this as the three stars of the avalanche, not named Nathan. And that is true for this week. We'll start that off. Anyway, if he just goes off and has like a six point game, yeah, he's going to be the number one star. Or like I said, we'll probably just have a segment talking about that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, um, our three stars, I think, goes as follows. I I have as the third star, Philip Grubauer. I think uh, having that game that he had in game one, which was not terrible. I did not think it was a terrible effort by him. Um, It was was just a, you know, one of those games where it wasn't entirely his fault. You know, the defense in front of him played poorly. And to turn that around and to shut out the St. Louis Blues in your second game of the season, I think is uh, a fantastic effort by him from one game to the next. So Philip Grubauer going one for one, and obviously that shut out. Even in an 8 nothing game, when you know you're up 6 nothing, 7 nothing, that's when goalies maybe tense up a little bit because they know the game is in hand and they want that shutout. And they try, maybe they try too hard, and then you give up that one goal with like, you know, 47 seconds left. But he didn't and held firm and, and got his first shutout of the season. Hopefully, many more. Second star is going to go to my horse this year, and Andre Burakovsky. He's off to the start that I, I knew he would have goals in both games. Uh, he, he looks every bit as comfortable as I thought he would be. And we all know he's good. We all know he can score. And even when he was on that first line in game one and then dropped down to the second line in game two, didn't matter. Still was able to put points on the board. So, yeah, I, I think he's he's going to be a player to watch all season long. So Burakovsky is my number two. And on Twitter, uh, I put up a poll after the game. Who was your locked-on star for game number two? And I had McKinnon up there. I had Kel McCarr. I had Grubauer. And then I had Other because Twitter only lets you put up four slots. And Other did not win. Nathan McKinnon actually won. But Other had a good showing. And most of the other was for Gabe Landeskog. And he is going to be my number one because I feel his turnaround. Not only Grubauer's turnaround was great. But like I said, I thought Grubauer played pretty well in the first game. Uh, I think Gabe Landeskog played just awful in the first game. And to turn that around and have two goals, you know, it helps when you get propped up to that top line. Um, to to come back and have that type of game. And he played well. You know, forget the, the scoring. He played a Gabe Landeskog type of game. 
gritty, rough, not afraid to mix it up. Camps in front of the net, not afraid to mix it up in, in the net front. Um, and because one of those goals was his 200th career, I think we have to give it to to Gabe Landeskog. So just one of those guys that is a production guy. And the contract I don't think is going to be an issue. I think everybody wants him to come back from the top to the bottom, and he will. And it's for reasons like that. Not happy with how he played in game one and uh, turns it around in game two. So those are my three stars of the week, and we will see how this week plays out and who can be anointed the three stars of this current week. We'll see. Two games against the Kings and then two games against the Ducks, I believe. And like I said, check out uh, Locked On Kings, and it'll be on this show too, where Sarah and I will kind of uh, get everybody prepped for the two games between the Avalanche and the Kings. So that'll be tomorrow. And check out Locked On Bets. Don't forget Locked On Bets. People are uh, are loving this show, and the guys that are on it are not only entertaining but knowledgeable. Um, I, I was talking to somebody that said they're they're right more than they're wrong, which is what you want in someone who's giving you information on how to spend your money. So definitely check out Locked On Bets and absolutely check out Locked On NHL for anything going on around the league. And if you only check out one of those shows, check out all of them because they're fantastic. But if you only check out one. Mr. Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning, and I host the Thursday Locked On NHL. So that is going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in each and every day. If this is the first time you've tuned in, I appreciate it. If this is the 232nd, I believe, thank you as well. So let's uh, have a good week. Enjoy the games this week, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!